Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with errors in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're in season two, and we're here to talk to someone who has taken off the reins of their industry horse and steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. I'm really excited to bring you the story of a disruptor that pioneered one of the world's first email service providers, growing it into a global software company specializing in marketing communication with over 1,500 clients. Then. I guess sort of a natural progression was his foray into innovating the CRM space, which led him to the unique opportunity to write and publish CRM for Dummies, part of the globally acclaimed Four Dummies series of books. So jealous. (laughs) This tech innovator saw a need in cloud-based platforms that simplifies and consolidates a company's sales, marketing, and operations easier, simpler, and much less cumbersome and much less expensive than the current CRM platforms out there today. Let's welcome our disruptor, Lars Helgeson of Green Rope. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You are so welcome. So, Lars, I have tons of questions for you. And, you know, a lot of people don't think that the CRM industry needed disrupting, but we're going to get into there. But first, tell us, what's your main ingredient for disruptive innovation? I think... It's hard to pick just one, but I think a big part of being a disruptor is listening. I think you really have to understand not just what the market is doing, but what your users are doing and how the the consumers of whatever you're building are actually doing. So, you know, you talk about sort of the reputation that CRM has in the in the industry if you're a salesperson you're a marketing person or or in senior leadership that there's a reputation that a lot of CRM technology has of being clunky or slow or getting in the way of business and we want to be able when we heard the frustrations cuz coming out of email marketing it's a really relatively simple thing to do. But once you start looking at CRM and the complexities of what can go into a, a relationship between a company and leads and clients and vendors they can get complicated and so if you listen, you can get direction on what you can do to actually help people in their day-to-day and help them make better decisions, help them store information more efficiently, and and set up automation so that they don't have to work as hard. And that's really what our secret ingredient isn't really a secret. It's that it's listening to what the market needs and listening to what our, our clients needed. Yeah, that's a really good point. Good disruptors, I would say. I've I've interviewed many. They do listen. And so talking about listening, right? Um, it's well known that CRMs have a reputation of being clunky or slow or getting in the way of business. But also just in talking to people and sort of surveying people before this podcast, they feel like 
the technological advancements to it are, are probably as good as it's going to get. I mean, that's sort of a mis, it's a misnomer <laughs> with CRN systems. I mean, they seem to be so robust. They seem to have, you know, so many bells and whistles. But let's talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of the status quo. Like what, what really are customers saying? Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like to think that you're ever going to find, especially when it comes to software and technology, I don't think you're ever going to find something that's ever going to be as good as it gets. I mean, as soon as we think we have achieved something, there's, I mean, there's always more to do. There's always more technology that you can build in, always better ways to to make things easier to use. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the big challenges, especially people that are in sales um, have is data entry. So, you know, if you're a salesperson, you have a phone call with somebody, you think about the effort that the average salesperson would take to either to to make that call, to make notes about that call, and have that be easily accessible and actionable and potentially be able to kick off some automation based on the results of that call. And, you know, when you say that out loud, it it sounds like it's a relatively simple thing. But if you think about what the average salesperson wants to do in their day, they want to be building their relationships. They want to be on the phone talking to people, not typing in notes after notes after notes. And so when you think about ways to streamline that, if you listen to what their challenges are and you say, well, if we could automatically record and transcribe and summarize all of that and automatically put it in the CRM, now you're talking about a way to make a salesperson's job easier, faster, more efficient, so that they can focus on the things that they enjoy doing and the things that they're best at. And so we that was one of the things that we built into our CRM a while ago, years ago, where all of that is automated. So within the CRM, you click a click to call button and it makes a connection and the call is recorded on both channels. It's transcribed. And then we use an AI um, summarization kind of a platform that will take the tran- the transcript, turn it into a few sentences, or depending on how long the conversation is, it might be a paragraph or two that summarizes the whole thing. So now if you're a salesperson and you need to go back and remember what that call was about, you don't have to listen to the whole conversation recording. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, you could pull it up. You don't have to look at the whole transcription if you don't want to. Uh, but you have all of that information available to you with just a simple click. Well, I want to ask you a question because this is very important to me (laughs) because we are talking about like building better sales teams through like disrupting the CRM. Like I have account execs. They, I mean, it's the hardest thing to do to get them to keep up their data in the CRM, right? And, you know, one thing I wanted to clarify, I mean, it's awesome that you can record it. It transcribes it. You said it summarizes it or does it do the whole transcript? Yeah, it does both. So it'll it'll give you the whole transcript of the conversation and then it'll summarize it. You know, and that's just one example of ways that if you if you listen to what your customers want, you can provide something that is super valuable because your your team's time is so important. And it really comes down to relationships with your CRM are just like relationships with your leads and your clients, just like your personal relationships in in life. Nobody wants to be in a one-sided relationship. And usually that's what ends up happening. When someone's using a CRM, if you're a salesperson and you've got a manager that uses the hammer of, you better put your notes in the CRM, (laughs) 
And <laughs> right. And, and if you're a salesperson, it's kind of a double whammy because not only are you now spending time that you could be spending doing sales, just, you know, typing in notes or whatever that your manager tells you to do, you're giving away all of your personal relationship related information to the company that you work for that makes you more expandable. Because what happens when you have a bad quarter and the company says, well, we want to cut the lowest, you know, whatever percent of our salespeople, but the company's at no risk because all of the relationship data is already in the CRM. So you as a salesperson then become very expendable. And that makes salespeople nervous because people want to hold on to their jobs. And they, if they if they maintain the relationship outside of the CRM, then they have power over the company. They're less fireable or they take that data with them and they're going to say, well, I'm going to take my, you know, you've probably heard the expression. I'm going to take my Rolodex with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people don't remember what a Rolodex is, but, you know, the (laughs) idea of having those relationships go with the salesperson scares a company. Mm -hmm. And so they spend a lot of money on the leads and grooming them and paying for the the salesperson to, to groom those leads. Right. Right. So you have that that sort of conflict there between the right, the company says, well, we paid for these leads. We're paying you for your time. And the salesperson saying, yeah, but I'm doing this work and I don't want to get fired. And so so what it really comes down to is you don't want to feel on either side like you have a one way relationship. Well, how does the CRM really do that? I mean, what you're saying this particular feature, uh, which is a pretty kick ass feature, I have to say. It does save a ton of time. It saves a ton of lost data. Data is money. But how does it help with the relationship between the salesperson and the company in this like friction aspect that you're talking about? Well, right. That's a good question because that friction will always be there. But the best way to have a relationship is to make it a two-way relationship. And that's true in any aspect of life, right? None of us want to be in a one-way relationship where we're doing all the giving and we're getting nothing in return. (laughs) Having a good CRM will provide information and automation that that makes a salesperson better. And if you give them something that makes them do their job better, more efficiently, that means that they get more leads or they're able to handle more leads in their funnel, which then allows them to drive more sales, which gives them more commission, which makes them more employable. The more they use the CRM, the more power they have then you're creating a two-way relationship. And that's why the integration of all of the tools and information is so critical. You need to be able to give a salesperson tools like instantly tell me what my lead is doing in terms of, are they consuming the emails that we're sending out? Are they responding to text messages? Are they visiting our website? Are they answering surveys? Can I kick off automation from any of those things? And now you're kind of moving in the realm of marketing automation and sales enablement so that you have these tools that not only are you giving information to a salesperson to help them do their job better and more efficiently, you're providing this the insight that lets them focus on the leads that are most likely to convert and you're giving them the tools. So if they can say that, I know that if I have a lead that's on this page or fills out this form, they'll automatically get uh, you know, some content that they can read or they can watch that then will trigger an alert that says, hey, let me follow up with this lead because I know they've just consumed this content. Now you're taking all of that research, guesswork, 
Um, you know, where is my lead in the funnel? How interested are they? You take all that out because now that information is available to the salesperson. And so it really comes into creating that two-way relationship. So the salesperson says, yeah, I want to put this information in the CRM, not only because I'll be able to get it later, but because as I add information in, it helps me get better understanding of what the what's actually happening in the rest of the relationship. And that's where it really comes into the importance of having the sales process, the marketing process, and the customer service process all integrated into the CRM and available in real time to everyone that's working in the company. And that's how you create a company-wide two-way relationship, which is truly what a team is. It is truly what a team is. A team definitely knows what the others are doing and coordinate their vibe there with. That is for sure. All right. So before we get into the marketing aspect and the customer service aspect, I just want to ask you an aside. How did you get the gig to write CRM for dummies? Uh, it's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, so Wiley, you know, they produce all the for dummies series. When I um, was originally I had a friend of mine that wrote one of them and and I originally reached out to them and they asked me, how many followers do you have? You know, and I, I'm a, my company is, is self-started. You know, I, I started it in an apartment, you know, I'm just one guy and then, you know, we've grown organically, but we're still a small company. We're still 20 people. And so, you know, I, I think, I don't know if they were expecting me to be like a, a Mark Benioff or a, you know, or Bill Gates or someone that has a huge following, but you know, I, I didn't have that big following. And so they said, well, I don't think that it's really worth it for us to do that, but maybe we could write a green rope focused for dummies book. And so I went over to, and so they kind of pushed me over to there. And um, the person I talked to said, well, green rope only has a couple thousand clients. Like that's, that's not going to sell us a lot of books, but she said, but you're a really good writer. And I think it'd be great if we just tried again with just the CRM for dummies, because we don't have a CRM for dummies. And, and I think you could make something good. And so I went back, they, they pushed me back to the original person and I kind of made my case and she said, all right, well, let's put together a proposal. So I did. And they ran it up the flagpole and I said, yeah, let's do it. And <laughs> Good so, job. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it was one of those perseverance stories, you know, I where, was going to say such a sales perseverance. I love it. Yeah. So and I, it was, it was definitely a lot of work. I mean, it took me a year to write that book and yeah. Um, it was, it was a challenge for sure. And for dummies has a certain way of writing those books that they force you to, to go through. And, um, and I'm glad they do because it's a great process. It's a great system. And the end result is a, I think is a pretty, well, I'm biased. You know, it's, it's a pretty yeah, good, well, it's a pretty good <laughs> call. It's a pretty good calling card, right? That you have a CRM for dummies. It's part of that series of books. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to friction and let's get back to status quo. We talked a little bit about sales and that's a really good point. And you know what? I've never heard like an underlying reason or, you know, maybe, maybe it's an unspoken reason or a bit of unconscious reason, but it's like, why? People don't always update their records from salespeople. I mean, I know salespeople want to spend time making the relationships, but also that particular aspect of feeling a little vulnerable, right? That they could be, you know, indispensable. I mean, dispensable, not indispensable. But tell me about the status quo for marketing, right? Because, I mean, CRMs, a lot of things they do is automation and marketing and so forth. What are the customers saying that they wanted different? I think marketing technology as a whole has been evolving um, relatively quickly over the last 10 years. I would say if, if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, 
everyone uses different systems, different software for different things. You know, you would use like a constant contact or a MailChimp for your email marketing. You'd use something else for texting, something else for surveys, something else for social media management. And of course, there are many companies out there that still use different software for those things. But there has been an evolution. Um, a lot of companies in our space, I mean, Greenrope is obviously not the first company to think of this. If you, I mean, HubSpot's a huge company that does this, um, Active Campaign, Entreport, these are all big companies that are funded and are, have been making waves in the marketing industry as a whole to show marketers that you can have a single piece of software that coordinates all these different efforts. In that regard, Greenrope is not necessarily a, a disruptor in the sense that we're the only one that does that, but having an easy integration with the rest of it is sort of our angle at that disruption. But from a marketing perspective, I think being able to tie that data together is really key. And then being able to set up automation and doing things like lead scoring so that you can identify who your, your highest performers, your most likely people to convert are and having that information available and then setting up the automation so that when people say, you know, download, if, if they visit a website and, and download a document and, um, you know, and fill out a survey or fill out a form, then all those things combined can then activate something else to happen. And so being able to set up that automation is something that is relatively new and only in the last, you know, I would say few years have technology, has technology advanced to the point where a company can use a single piece of software to do all of those things. Yeah, and that's so really that, gold. That I, it's super good. Like it's gold, but it's difficult, at least in our CRM. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to set up. I mean, it takes some time in trying to figure that out from my experience. Yeah. yeah and, and there's two parts to that, right? One part of that is just knowing what you want to do. And so from a, from a strategic perspective, that's where leadership comes in. And, you know, when they say that, you know, why you get paid the big bucks, I mean, if you're a CMO or a COO or, or a VP of sales, you've got, um, or a CRO, whatever, at that high level, you want to be able to take that 30,000 foot view and understand your buyer's journey and know where all the pieces can fit together. And I think that by itself has to be done first, this greenfield approach of, you know, here, here, start with our who our market segments are and our buyer personas, and then look at their buyer journeys, and then look at how are we interacting with them? What do we want them to do? What happens if they don't do what we want them to do? And just planning all of that out and do that first, and then apply that to your marketing automation and sales enablement tools into your CRM so that you can then work towards a plan. What I, what I see a lot happening is people will sort of jump into software and say, oh, it's cool. I can make it do this. You know, I can send an email and if they click on it, it'll do this. And if they don't, it'll do this. But you start shooting from the hip like that without an overarching strategy. And you're, you start creating a spider web, a, a tangled mess of automation. That's just like a tangled mess of documentation in an undocumented, you know, a non-process controlled kind of. It's so true. And it just adds more on top of more on top of more and it gets sprawling. And how does GreenRope make it simpler or reduce the friction and being able to do that or, or help people do that? Well, it comes from both sides of that. So we have the, on our part of our account set up. And when people come on board, we walk them through strategic thinking about how to do CRM, how to do marketing automation, how to do sales enablement, how to do customer service automation so that they're looking at what they need to know strategically as part of setup so that they're not doing what we were just talking about, you know, just sort of looking at, oh, this is a cool tool. Let's just, let's start doing stuff with it. 
And so we help with that strategic side. And then we show them how to use the platform because the platform is extremely powerful. It does a lot of stuff. And so we show them how to match the software to what their designs and what their requirements are. And so it's sort of a, a that two-step process. But the nice thing about having, having everything in one is that you don't have to wait for developers to do integrations. I mean, we've got integrations with, with Zapier and, and there are some things that will, but just by definition, will require some sort of development work. But with all of the sales and marketing customer service automation that's built into our platform, it's really a minimum that you that you would see as opposed to the more traditional players where if you're looking at, say, like a, a Salesforce or a Microsoft or an Oracle um, or HubSpot, or HubSpot yeah. right, you're going to require a lot of people involved, a lot of developer assets involved to make those pieces talk to each other. And that's really where we want to step in and, and simplify by having everything in one it makes it a lot easier to to connect the dots. It makes it a lot easier to get access to the data and set up the automations and, and everything else. Um, we have what a, would you say is your biggest innovation as far as in the CRM space? Um, you know, I don't know if there is one single thing that is a great innovation. I mean, the the video or the, the calling X, the example I gave earlier, I think is one that our users enjoy and use a lot of. But it, it really, the innovation truly is in the integration. The innovation is in making it easy to do all of those things at once. So when you're setting up your buyer's journey and the automations and, and the logic that you put in there, you can put in things like, like sales-related activities. You can put in things there like, like marketing-related and combine them all together and see that all in the same place. And so with a survey management tool, we've got a learning management system built in so you can build in automation around that. So you can do employee education or client education and, and have automation that is connected to sales and marketing. And, you know, all those different pieces kind of talk to each other. And um, we've got a full survey builder. We've got, of course, the email marketing, the the text messaging, the social media, like all those things are all connected to each other. And it's just a matter of going in there and setting them up and using them. And so that, I believe, the simplicity of pulling those pieces together in one system is really the, the the special sauce that we bring to the whole thing because now you don't need to worry about can my CRM do B2B or B2C opportunity management, funnel management, you know, automation mm-hmm. or running texts or emails or whatever. You know, like all of that being in one system is the thing that makes it really special, that makes it easy. And ultimately saves what we call total cost of ownership. Um, well, not actually, we're not the ones that call it that. A lot of people call it that. But it's just looking at all of the pictures or all of the, the efforts required to make your CRM work. And so part of this, this total cost of ownership or TCO calculation is looking not just at the software cost, but the cost it takes to integrate that with other things. So, you know, you've got the developers that you use to connect the different pieces together and you you look at the training costs and the support costs you know do you have access to people that can help you 24 7 that will answer a chat or a call or get on a zoom with you and so all of those things together i think it, it creates an environment an ecosystem and ultimately my personal goal is i want our customers to see that and feel comfortable whether they're building their marketing automation, that they're building their sales teams or doing customer service, that all of those things are easy to set up and use. And that's really, you know, if they're happy and they feel like they're they're able to work more efficiently and eventually obviously make more money and grow and be more and 
and scale, that's that's really what we want to help our clients do. Right. Well, those definitely are the benefits of low TCO, for sure. Mm-hmm. Tell me, I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Green Rope? That's funny. Um, so the the uh, there's two stories. There's the the official story, which is that I want um, the unofficial. <laughs> well, if, if you look at green rope, it's it's green for revenue and sustainability. Rope because every strand makes your rope strong, so uh, stronger. So the more things you connect to green rope, the stronger your business. So. Um, so that was where that came from. But the reality was back in 2008, when I was coming up with this concept and I was talking to a couple of friends and they all just said, you know, the name of the company really doesn't matter. You know, you can come up with something, whatever it is. I mean, you look at all the random company names that are floating around out there. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, can you build your brand around it? Do you have something valuable that you can offer to your market? And yeah. so we just kind of picked green rope because it was available. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, there's always a real story behind this, the story, right? The official story, which I love. I absolutely love. What made you decide, like when you put the CRM out, you said, okay, it's time for me to go into this area. Like, why did you decide that that was the right time? Yeah. So it's funny. We all have our stories with business partners that sometimes work out and sometimes don't. And I was, I had a business partner back in 2008 where our relationship started to deteriorate and he really wanted to focus on just pure email marketing. And I saw an opportunity to expand our our vision and do something that I thought was more valuable for our customers. And um, as part of that, we had a difference of opinion and a difference of approach. And so the first company that we started, which was called Cooler Email, um, ended up being, I let him take that so that I could build Green Room. And so that that's what ended up happening, unfortunately, was over the, the next um, six or seven years, he took what we had built with the email marketing company and kind of neglected the customers and ended up losing a large number of clients while I was growing. I ended up bringing the, those those customers back into our system and um, basically just bought him out of that, that side of the business. So it was unfortunate that that was the way it turned out, but it was really a, an important lesson in one, picking your partners and two, making sure you have a, an, a really tight separation agreement in case somebody decides they're under, they don't want to do anything with it anymore, or they don't care about the business anymore, making sure that there are clear ways to have performance related triggers. If someone decides they just don't want to do what they need to do to run the business. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. Happens more often than not, doesn't it? Yeah. Tell me this, what are some of the challenges you have in communicating the innovation of green rope and what sort of lessons have you learned about communicating this new type of CRM? I think the biggest challenge that we have is just that CRM itself is a crowded space. You know, when you're when you're looking at other companies that are out there doing what we do, there are companies much larger, much better capitalized. I mean, Salesforce is a, their value, their market cap's over $50 billion. You know, we're we're a team of 20 people competing with companies like that. And so whereas we have one marketing person and a marketing assistant, they have floors of people that do marketing. And so, and that's true about a lot of the other bigger companies, like, you know, the HubSpots, the funded companies that have taken on, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of investors of investment from PE and VC. I mean, those people are going to approach the market with a lot more firepower than we can. And so we have to try and 
create awareness through different means. And so we try to find key influencers that can tell other people about what we do. We try to work with other companies. You know, we we can't afford to get on the on the Gartner quadrant because if you don't pay them a million dollars, you don't you don't get on there. That's right. So, <laughs> so true. Is, I'm sure you work with people like this too. That the industry is a pay-to-play kind of an industry, and, and so if you don't have the big blocking, you've got to find ways to do that to disrupt asymmetrically. Yeah. Do you find that certain industries resonate the best with green rope and do best with green rope right now? Because you know, as these companies have, you know, when they started and as they've grown, they've become more to more people, right? But where are you focused? So our approach actually has changed recently um, into creating a, a white labeling type of approach. So we do have a direct client base of clients that use our company or use our software, our platform directly. But we have uh, what we call Complete CRM, and we've got a website at CompleteCRM.com that talks about this, where you can private label our software, put your own brand on it, your own domain on it, and essentially represent your own software as our CRM. And so that you have the ability to go after a niche and that our partners that do that will focus on particular industries. We've got one in particular that's been very successful working with shipping and logistics. They go in and they'll they'll replace most commonly in, in that industry, Salesforce is sort of the 800 pound gorilla. And they'll go in with our platform. It's under a different brand, but under our platform, and they'll increase the lead funnel size of each salesperson by, and this is not an exaggeration, on average, 9 to 12x. Wow. So you have a salesperson that's used to using Salesforce and handling 35 or 40 people in their funnel. And all of a sudden, you can walk in and say, well, how about instead of you know 30 people in your funnel, you've got 300 people in your funnel. The salesperson says, Wow. <laughs> You're going to love that. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, the last That's thing true. salespeople want is scarcity. It, you know, makes them hold on to things longer, right? You know, you close something and your funnel's not picking back up. It's like, ugh, you know, it's uh, very uncomfortable. So I imagine that that's huge for that industry. Yeah. And so through our partnership with them, I mean, I don't know how shipping and logistics works. I, you know, we built a platform though, and our partner knows how to set it up for that particular industry. Um, we've got another one that works in daycares. We've got another one that works in, um, in dental offices. So, you know, and some others that work in religious organizations. So, you know, there's, there are various different niches where our technology can be adapted with someone who understands how to apply it and explain it to that particular niche. And I personally don't have the expertise to be able to do that, but if I can make the platform do what they need it to do, and we listen to our partners and say, okay, this is something that would really help you address this market. Then we build it and then they're able to go into that market and bring in more clients and everybody wins. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. I mean, you have the innovation of easy to do, you know, all in one, but you also have the ability to make it fit for different industries and white label it. I don't really know anybody else that maybe maybe there are other CRMs that do that, but that's new to me. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of them that are out there, but they're they're pretty limited in what they can do. Um, they're they're simpler, much simpler platforms. And so, you know, when you're talking about trying to go after platforms that are using Salesforce, you have to have enterprise level technology. And, yeah. And so, which which we do, and with a subject matter expert that can go into that market, 
it creates for them recurring revenue, not just from the subscription, but from all the services that they can gather with that, whether that's strategy or creative design or, you know, landing pages or custom emails or automations or, you know, whatever it is, they now have a way to have service revenue on top of recurring subscription revenue, which helps them build their business. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you have any advice or insights that you want to share with our audience? Um, <laughs> kind of an open-ended question, right? But yeah, you know, it is. I, I would say that in in when it comes to CRM, that if you are a leader in your company, take the time to work on your business and not in it, and really think about the importance of your different market segments. Do your buyer personas, and do your customer map out your customer journey. Those strategic decisions and strategic directions will determine the success of any platform that you use. The application of the different software, of course, is going to be dependent on what that software can do and everything. But if you're trying to make your software fit um, into your strategy and that software can't do it, it becomes very clear what you need to have done. And if that is frustrating enough for you that you can't get done what you need to, then go, go find a different CRM. But you have to know what you need to do first. Your requirements drive everything else. And so I think it's very important from a business leader's perspective to understand the whole buyer's journey. So even if you're a marketing person, if you're just looking at the buyer's journey all the way up till you hand it off to sales, you're not really understanding the whole journey. There have to be ways that marketing can help sales, whether it's re-engagement or better enablement tools or whatever, and sales vice versa. They need to be able to provide that feedback to marketing that says these leads are performing this way. And this is why we think this is happening and having that conversation, because I think in a lot of companies, you get marketing and sales blaming each other for lack of performance. And then customer service is sort of out there saying, well, we're just trying to pick up the pieces here, guys. You know? <laughs> so, There's you know, the status can... quo. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, again, you know, kind of goes back to that team environment. If you can create a place where everyone feels like they're contributing and they're able to pull the information out of the CRM that they need to help them do their jobs better, then they're going to be happier. They're going to feel like they're contributing. And I think it all goes back to being able to take that step back and think strategically about what is your buyer's journey? What are the interaction points? What can we automate? Having those, having those discussions internally with your own team so that you get buy-in and you learn about what happens. So you don't, you don't throw things over the fence and, and play the blame game and saying, well, you know, this particular department is letting down the whole company, you know, because that, that ends up creating these adversarial pockets, the, the clicks within a company that really will, will tear that company apart. And I've seen it happen in many, many different types of businesses over the years between friends and, you know, people that I've worked with and, and, um, you know, when you're able to create that unified kind of team-based environment, it does sound a little Pollyanna-ish, but if you do it right and you get people working together, it's amazing to see what people can do. Yeah, I agree with you. And that is an excellent piece of advice. Thank you for doing that on the fly. And I suppose that you guys can help leaders with that when they run into like, hey, I need help with this. This is something that Green Room can help you do. Absolutely. You know, when you have 12 years of experience helping companies all over the world in all kinds of different markets go through that process, we've got, we have the internal expertise to to kind of help people through that 
because you know if if you're too strong minded about it and you don't you know you can't you know the the, the expression you know the beatings will continue until morale improves <laughs> you, know, you, you don't want to do that you want to help people feel like they're inclusive and you know and cohesive and, and part of a team yes absolutely okay so how do people get a hold of you so we have our, our website, the, the greenrope.com website, and then with the, the partnership white label, it's completecrm.com. Um, so we have both of those, but I personally am on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to find me. And uh, there's always the book, the CRM for Dummies book, but I'm happy to to be a resource for, for anyone who wants to reach out and has questions about CRM or or anything, you know, it's... Um, Air industry ent- or white labeling or... yeah. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy helping people. It's like I mean, and that again sounds maybe a little Pollyanna-ish, but you know, I, I like seeing people succeed. I like seeing you know if they're able to leverage our technology or not. You know, I, I like being able to watch really good ideas and people with good missions grow. I mean, we have a, a program where nonprofits can use our platform for free. And that was something that we did. We had one of our developers passed away from cancer a few years ago. It was actually his birthday just a few days ago. And in honor of his memory and all the things that he did, we created this program. So if someone's got a 501c3, they can use our platform for free. Um, and I think that's, that's fantastic. Something. Yeah, it's something that we wanted to do to give back. And so we've got we've got a fair number of those around the world. You know, some working in healthcare and feeding uh, homeless or or impoverished countries and, 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 you know, some difficult situations. I mean, those are, you know, if we can bring something that makes the world a little better, I mean, not to, not to get to, uh, from uh, that Silicon Valley show, you know, try, just trying to make the world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually mean it. And I've, you know, talked to and work with tons of disruptors. And I have to say that they truly have a purpose to help. So mm-hmm. you fit within that category and there's nothing Pollyanna about that. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's sort of you have to have that hope that you can make a positive impact on the world or, you know, what are we all here for? Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lars. This has been great. I'm I'm really glad we talked about CRM. You got my wheels turning and I'm sure others uh, will be contacting you. And what's your uh, handle on LinkedIn? Just Lars? Yeah, Lars Helgeson. Okay, good. Easy, awesome. Easy to find. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and the conversation. It was great to be here. Yeah, fantastic. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. If you learned something today or want to go disrupt your market, use a tidbit from the show. And thank you for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal healthcare or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency client relationship between Joto PR and the user.